Previously on Myth Tarot Love, we examined the astrological sign of Taurus. Today's show will focus on Gemini. Myth and Tarot. Where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories, stars, and symbols, and all of the Welcome to Myth Tarot Love, a show about ancient stories and new aged wisdom. Wisdom. Yeah. That's the stuff. <laughs> yeah. Or some kind of wisdom. <laughs> some kind. Some kind. Hello, yes. everyone. Hi. Biddy here. And Rose uh, here to bring you an episode on Gemini. Woo. Woo. Yeah. So spring is here mm-hmm. and spring is actually ending with Gemini. Uh, it's the last sign. Already, it just started. (laughs) I know, right? Well, um, we're recording this currently in Taurus, but yeah, Gemini is upon us, and with it is the end of spring, Mm -hmm. and with the end of any um, of the seasons, you actually get a mutable sign. Mm -hmm, Right, right. So, mutable. What does that even mean? I know. I forget. You said it every time now. (laughs) Still forget what they mean. Yeah. So first you have your cardinal signs that bring in new seasons, and they tend to be uh, very leadership-oriented, just starting new things, new projects, that sort of thing. And then you've got your fixed signs, which Mm. tend to be your stubborn signs, your your signs that uh, kind of encapsulate the ideology of the whole season um, in a very fixed and determined way. Mm -hmm. And then you've got your mutable signs, which are your, I'm going to say reactor, like reactionary signs. So they're the ones that kind of, they're not necessarily leaders, um, but they tend to, they're like your mediators, because what are you going to do with all of these like headstrong cardinal and fixed types? You need some (laughs) mutable people in there to... Make sure they're getting along. (laughs) Um, And what better to do that than a Gemini who is also an air sign, Mm. right? Air signs tend to be very people-oriented, humanitarian type of signs who are um, also very gifted verbally. Mm. And Gemini is especially gifted verbally because they are like actually the sign of communication. Um, So all of this comes together. And I would say that they're, if I were to, if I were to use one word to describe Gemini, I would say responsive. Okay. (laughs) So are they good like rhetoricians? Like, are they good at, I don't know, like being lawyers and then debates and that sort of thing. Well, they're definitely or... good at debates. Um, they'd probably make good lawyers. They make good, like, anything that's talking, really. Okay. Anything communications-wise, uh, a Gemini would make very good mm. at that, yeah. Um, they're also, like, really smart. <laughs> <laughs> I once read that um, Geminis, like, put like to put people through IQ tests, like, little mini IQ tests, like, not, a, like, not actual IQ tests, but it's, like, Every time they meet a person, they're like, are you smart enough to have a conversation with me? <laughs> <laughs> right? Which I think kind of paints them in a bad light. But uh, I think it's more just this idea that Geminis are so curious yeah. and they're so fascinated by a wide variety of topics that uh, when they're meeting a person for the first time, they'll be like, hmm, what are your passions? And can you tell me everything you know about them? Yeah. And do you know more than I do? <laughs> 
right? so they want to learn and like from the people exactly. around them yeah they want to be they're constantly wanting to learn and they want to absorb as much information as possible um and you know that information like when you combine this idea of loving to talk loving people loving information they are actually also known for loving gossip right? uh, okay. which kind of combines yeah. all those interests right mm-hmm. um and I, I don't think it's a, a way of, like, gossip as a harm uh, when it comes to Gemini. I think it's more they just want to be aware of what's happening mm-hmm. in their environment or also, like, with celebrities. Can just... you tell that to my husband, please? Because he <laughs> thinks that I like reality shows because of the gossip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not a Gemini, which is whatever, like. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, see, it's okay. It's not it's just, okay to know what's not, going on. <laughs> yeah, it's not just about the, uh, like, it's not about wanting to cause harm or spread rumors. It's about wanting to know people and mm. uh and wanting to get the scoop right yeah um uh i'm, I'm kind of reminded of varus from game oh, of thrones who was yeah. all about like getting all this information from mm-hmm. all of these different areas and uh knowledge is power and he's very responsive and he he knows the power of words right he knows how to use his words um, in order to create power, but it's not necessarily a vicious meaning. It's just the fact that when he knows what's going on, he knows how to respond properly, right? right, right. And like I said, if I was to sum up Gemini, I would say responsive. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so uh, let's talk about Gemini. Um, well, what do Marilyn Monroe, John F. Kennedy, and Paul McCartney all have in common? <laughs> you guessed it. Gemini. They're all Gemini's, <laughs> right? Um, they tend to be kind of they tend to be known as like sexy and flirtatious, and I think it's more uh, once again this idea that they are able to like pick up on signals that people are giving off. They're curious. They ask a lot of questions, and that tends to come off as being a little flirty, mm. right? <laughs> um, anyway, so. Some other words that describe Gemini are duality, they are versatile, and of course, really big on communication. And I think one of the reasons for that is that they're actually ruled by Mercury. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Mercury, if I remember correctly, is also the god of uh, Kermes, right? Yeah. So Mercury is the Roman equivalent quote-unquote, to the god uh, Hermes, who they're both, I guess, yeah, communication, um, they travel, travel, trade, like they're yeah. the gods of businessmen. Um, yes. they, Hermes is the one who can kind of go in between places quickly, so he can go from, you know, talking to the gods of Mount Olympus, right to Earth to talk to mortals, but he can also go down to the underworld and back up again fairly easily. Not a lot of people can do that. Exactly. He's a messenger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he delivers the messages, and yeah. he's also traveling a lot, and mm-hmm. he is god of trade and business gemini's i think have a natural business flair to them since they are so keen to be involved with people um yeah and also so mercury as a planet uh is said to do, is said to give upon its sign uh the gifts of cleverness Ooh, and yes, nervousness oh. <laughs> and gemini definitely has kind of a nervous energy to it there's one other sign actually that also is ruled by mercury uh, which is Virgo, which mm. also has a sense of cleverness and nervousness to it. And it's also a mutable sign. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I wonder if there's some sort of connection between Mercury and just being yeah. responsive and 
that energy of Mercury mm-hmm. being kind of mutable in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so things that also uh, are associated with Gemini, sometimes they're considered to be fickle. <laughs> and probably one of the reasons for that is uh, they get bored very easily. <laughs> they are very much, um, they, they very much crave novelty. And it's one of the reasons being is because they are so curious, right? Mm-hmm. They're endlessly curious and they are constantly needing to satisfy that curiosity. And part of it is, uh, of course, resulting in this need for novelty, need for new things. Sometimes that might mean multiple partners. Right? <laughs> Sometimes that might mean multiple other things. But really deep down, like every Gemini is looking for a soulmate, hmm. right? Um, Gemini is represented by the twins, so there is kind of like this inner need in the Gemini to find their other half, mm-hmm. if you will. They're like this idea of finding that person that's going to mirror back to them and also challenge them in the ways that are going to help them keep going and growing, etc. So um, endlessly curious. Let's go through my notes. Uh, so others will tend to see Geminis as being very enthusiastic and, of course, clever and intelligent Normally, people, when they come across a Gemini, will be like, wow, this person knows stuff about, like, everything. How can you know stuff about everything? <laughs> and then the, the Gemini that they're talking to will be like, I'm already bored because we've talked about this for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, let's talk about something else and let's learn everything there is to know about it. Um, so other things is Geminis are, like I said, masters of wordplay and communication. So... They, they tend to care a lot about being honest. However, they don't necessarily need to uh, lie in order to deceive people, mm. right? Because they are so good with words. They're mm. able to express themselves accurately and eloquently, but not necessarily let on to the whole truth, right? Mm. Um, they are masters of tact as well. Um, I'm very much reminded of my father, who is a Gemini, and my mother, who is a queen of swords. And, <laughs> uh, and she'll, she sometimes says, ah, tact is lying. <laughs> but my father is very good with wordplay and, uh, very, and, of course, very clever. And definitely the dad jokes are strong with that one. The dad jokes are strong uh, with those Gemini folk. Anyways, um, yeah, so there's, there's lots of of Gemini quotes out there as well. So um, I've saved I've saved a few for the end mm-hmm. of today's episode. But before we get to all that and talking about today's um, spread, which I originally made for Gemini, mm-hmm. actually, well, for a reading. So well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's actually for a Gemini who is having a lot of difficulty making decisions, mm. which, oh, wow, that's actually a Gemini trait. <laughs> um they have this tendency to see two sides to everything. Duality definitely is a big part of Gemini. The number two um, is very prominent in Gemini, which we'll talk about a little bit later in today's episode. Um, Yeah, so today's uh, spread that we'll talk about is all about helping making those decisions for our Gemini folk out there. But also I think lots of other people sometimes yes. struggle with making decisions. I know I will be using this, spread. I suck at making decisions. <laughs> Especially, like, life 
important ones. <laughs> yeah. Or even not, really. <laughs> Any decision is very difficult. I It's a pattern with women in my family, though. Oh, yeah. Making, <laughs> so, making decisions yeah. is, a, is a challenge. Yeah. When my mom, my sister, and I are together. Oh, man. <laughs> we cannot decide on a thing. Where are the decisions at? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't exist. <laughs> um, yeah. So Gemini's, one of the main reasons why they struggle with decisions is because of that duality. They're mm-hmm. able to see both sides of every situation and they're constantly playing devil's advocate with themselves right so they're like oh i could do this but then this what if i do this on this other side and oh they see like all of these implications all the possibilities yeah cool all right so what is today's story about gemini yeah so gemini and as you're just saying about the duality of the nature I think, not surprisingly, Gemini is our twins. And I think most people see them as twins. Exactly. And that is who they are. So they are two twins um, known as the Dioscuri. That's how you kind of refer to them together. Um, But their names, you might recognize them, are Castor and Pollux. I don't recognize them. Okay. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Or Castor and Polyduques. That's the Greek... um, Greek version. I, okay. I will go back and forth between Pollux and Polydekes. They are the same person. Okay. So these are two twins, kind of. Oh, I'll get there. <laughs> um, but they were brothers of two people that we've talked about on the show before. Um, so they're actually the brothers of Helen and Clytemnestra. So that's Helen of Troy or Helen of Sparta. Um, and they are the children, which is where it gets a little bit complicated, of Leda or their mother. Um, and Tyndarius slash Zeus. So, fun birth story here. So I, have, of course, have to tell it. Uh, so they are known as being twin brothers, but technically they are shared the same womb, but different, and mother, but different fathers. And technically, again, there were four of them. There's four twins? Four, four babies. Okay, there's four babies. One pregnancy. And one pregnancy. Yeah. And two dads. Okay, so are they all, like... Quintri- like that's what I mean. They're more quadruplets, quadruplets yeah, than twins. Than twins, but they're in literature. They're always referred to as twins. So interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really sure why. And be and what's interesting is that one of them is actually and again. Yeah, each boy has a different father. So the mortal Tyndarius is the father of Castor, whereas Zeus is the father of Pollux. So. Huh. Kind of different. Um, and but Castor and Pollux are the iconic twins they of are. Gemini. Yeah. Okay. Yep, they are. Um, so, the, again, the birth story here is that um, Zeus, of course, decides, you know, oh, look at this woman, Leda. She is beautiful. I'm going to come to her as a swan to seduce her. Because <laughs> why not? And that's what he does. <laughs> and there are many um, the images many, of this. The um, many animals of uh, Zeus. Right? <laughs> I don't know what the count is up to now, but it's quite high. Um, so, yeah. So, seduces her. And in some versions of the story, um, Lita actually gives birth to two eggs. And in one of the eggs are the children of Tyndarius, so which is Castor and Clytemnestra. And in the other egg, being the divine egg, is Pollux and Helen. Hmm. So, kind of neat. Um, there are quite a few myths, actually, that the Dioscuri are in and adventures that they went on. Um, this includes the Caledonian boar hunt, which we talked about in the Queen of Swords episode with Atalanta. So, 
you can go back and listen to that one. I don't think I mentioned them by name, but they were two of the hunters um, in that hunt. <laughs> um, they also, um, the, oh, what is it? The first is, uh, oh yes, one of the earlier myths too is that they actually rescued their sister Helen from Athens, which was technically the first time that she was kidnapped. So when she was taken to Troy, that was actually the second time. <laughs> her brothers got her back the first time. Hmm. Um, they were also two of the Argonauts from the Argonautica. Oh, no kidding. Which is pretty cool. So this is where Pollux gets to show off his fighting skills by defeating a killer boxer who challenged everyone who passed by. So apparently Pollux wasn't very big or particularly strong, but he was able to dodge a killer blow, slip behind the boxer, and crush the bones into his brain. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is a very Gemini way of fighting, though, I have is to it? say. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like responsive... Um, using brains over bronze. Right, right. Being yeah. clever rather than just forcefully going after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, not just, like, that brute strength, but yeah. actually kind of using their strength to their advantage. Exactly. Mm, very cool. Yeah, so that is one of them. Um, there are also other theories um, that the brothers are, the brothers' origins are older than even the Greek uh, myths and that they might even be a very early Indo-European myth about um, divine twin horsemen, um, which is interesting because they're often seen um, riding white horses. That's cool. In so a lot of the imagery. So it's kind there's of... There's a European neat. myth about divine horsemen yeah horsemen twins so that's this is also where the gemini constellation might originate from um and even for the romans again the dioscuri um were seen as protectors of the roman state and who appeared to them on horseback during a desperate battle in the early 5th century bce so not only did the greeks um worship them but the romans as well which is kind of neat but in predominantly in Greek religion, uh, there are protectors of sailors in distress, which is also likely due to their association with Argo, the ship, the Argonauts. Um, but one last story I have to say, obviously, is the one of how they became a constellation. Why are we talking about them now? That makes sense. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, essentially, it surrounds actually the death of Castor, uh, which is kind of sad. And, and there are a few, of course, different versions of the story mm-hmm. so the first was that he was killed in a cattle raid and Polydeuces was grieving and decided to give him half of his immortality and so on alternate days the brothers lived in Hades or like in Tartarus the underworld and then on Mount Olympus that's beautiful it is really sweet the other one is just as sweet so another version is that the brothers went after a couple of women who already had husbands and, of course, a fight ensued <laughs> yep. between the four men, uh, whereby Castor was unfortunately killed. Um, and again, Pollux um, asked Zeus if he could share his immortality with his brother. And Zeus responded by turning them into the constellation of Gemini. Aww. So they'll be immortal in the stars forever together. Brotherly love. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. So that's the, the Dioscuri. Those are the twins. All right, so Dioscuri, actually quadruplets. Actually, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I'm like, okay, like I can see how, but also not quite. <laughs> different fathers. <laughs> yeah, same mother. Same mother, different fathers. Yeah. And uh, 
There's they have sisters that don't get mentioned. They Who have, would have thunk it? Oh, maybe that's why they're considered twins. Cause maybe, but because sexism. Yeah. <laughs> you would think having you know a famous sister like Helen of Troy, but no. 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 Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, that's that's really interesting though. Um, that the reason why they're in the sky is because they're half immortal now mm-hmm. because they're sharing immortality. They're sharing their life forces together. That's beautiful. Yeah, which is kind of nice, like what you were saying too about um, you, that Gemini often looking for their soulmate for their other half. Yeah, looking so, for their other half. Yeah, because both of them are half li- alive now, so they're like essentially mm-hmm. one whole person together yeah. in the stars love. forever. <laughs> Brotherly love. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Um, yeah, as far as tarot goes, I often associate Gemini with all of the, all of the twos, mm-hmm. right? So I think, when I think of Gemini, I think of two of cups, of course, because of that partnership that's involved with the two of cups and forming a partnership. I think of the two of pentacles, which is about balancing everything and <laughs> trying to do, like, everything all at once. Yeah. I think of... The Two of Wands, which is about making really difficult decisions um, and, you know, between two equally challenging decisions, like two things that seem equally good. Um, And then, of course, the Two of Swords, which is when you come at an impasse, Mm. uh, unable to make a decision uh, because of two opposing forces that are equally matched. Mm. Right. So I feel like all of the twos really can be associated with Gemini in some way. And of course, the symbol of Gemini is like the Roman number of two. Oh yeah, I guess it is. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks a yeah. lot like the Roman number for two. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, so naturally, um, in this month's spread, is to help making decisions by looking at two different scenarios from in, in two different ways. So the idea is that um, if you remember the um, way back when I was using the Celtic cross all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that one actually is still posted on Facebook, I believe, mm-hmm. right? Yep, the Rose's Celtic cross, yep. which is slightly different than other Celtic crosses because I, I strongly encourage, by the way, tarot readers to take a spread and make it your own, right? Um, mm-hmm. By, like, if the, if the spread isn't answering a specific question that you have, you can you can change some of those cards to to make sense for you, right? Because mm. that's part of it. Um, anyways, so in this in this month's spread, uh, I've taken part of the Celtic cross, which is the whole idea of looking at obstacles um, for a situation and helpers in a situation, and dividing it into a situation A and situation B. Okay. Right. So on the left hand side, you have the first card, which is just some, a card to describe what situation you're dealing with. And then as it moves up, it talks about the obstacle for that situation, the helper for that situation, and then the outcome. And then, of course, it does that on the right-hand side, too. Mm-hmm. It's a, it only describes like a different situation. So uh, in the PDF that will be posted on Facebook, mm-hmm. right, uh, it's, it's going to say situation B. So you're just comparing one situation to the other. What are the obstacles in each one? What are the helpers in each one? And what are the likely outcomes for either situation that you're choosing, right? So the idea is that you are pretending you've made the decision already and you're just following down that path 
uh, on the left or following down the other path on the right. And I find that I tend to use this spread a lot whenever um, someone comes to me asking questions that's more like, what should I do? Mm-hmm. I can do this or I can do that. And so if I start with a Celtic cross and really I can see that the person's more just teetering between two different choices, I actually give them this Gemini spread. Uh, and it's definitely one of the ones that I have used more often than others. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because, yeah, yeah. I, I noticed like, or, that I've done that before, you know, trying to do a Celtic cross to make a decision. Yeah. And I would think about one of the outcomes and then you do the whole thing. Like, I feel like this would be a little, maybe not, maybe not straightforward, but a little clearer in terms of this yeah, versus that. exactly. So, like, some the Celtic Cross is really good for um, seekers who want a broad perspective of their situation. Mm-hmm. But if the seeker already has that perspective right. and what they're really trying to do is make a decision between two outcomes, mm-hmm. I find the Gemini spread tends to be much more effective. Okay. Um, because... Gemini is really good at looking at things from two different perspectives. Yeah. And might as well use that energy uh, when we are in Gemini. Right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, I wonder if part of that energy is also because of people wanting to make decisions before summer. <laughs> mm, maybe. Sometimes I think about um, the signs as, as they are used by not just the sign who is born under Gemini, but also others who are currently influenced by the presence of Gemini. Well, and that's just it. And we all are right now, technically. Exactly. <laughs> right? it's, it's, uh, we're in that sign and it is that time of year. And I think, yeah, I think spring definitely is almost like a new beginnings for a lot of people too. Exactly. Yeah. And as spring comes to a close, it's like, oh, maybe I should be making some more decisions now. <laughs> <laughs> before summer hits and no Bef- one wants to do anything. <laughs> exactly. Before summer hits and we want to party or... Yeah. Exactly. Look after ourselves and mm-hmm. take it easy. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, so I came up with a bunch of quotes because there's <laughs> apparently Geminis are good at saying stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I really liked one of the quotes that came from John F. Kennedy, actually. And he says, as we express our gratitude, we must never forget that the highest appreciation is not to utter words, but to live by them, hmm. which I thought was you know, appropriate. Uh, But, of course, decided to pick one from Bob Dylan, who is very much one to believe in self-expression. And he says, all I can do is be me, whoever that is. (laughs) Myth and tarot Talk about stories, stars, and symbols, and all of the above. Myth, terror. 